Welcome to the Apprenticeship Diaries. This is Straight to Skin, part one of our three-part series with Krista Reed of Oak and Iron Tattoo in Buffalo, New York. Welcome to the Apprenticeship Diaries, where raw meets refined. Let's be real, we're still working on refined. <laughs> what it took, what it takes, and the stories that are made. Join us as we learn from professionals about how their stories begin. Welcome, Diary listeners. We're here today with Krista Reed of Oak and Iron uh, Tattoo, and it's a salon as well, correct? It is, yeah. Very, very cool. And that's in Buffalo, New York. So it's pretty freaking cold up there, I would imagine. It's chilly. It's seasonably yeah. warmer than it usually is, though. Oh, okay. It's it's seasonably colder than it usually is here. So they say that there's like a whole cold front that's like been coming up through. So that must be what's happening from the south of all things. It's weird. <laughs> I don't pretend to understand weather. Nor I. I, <laughs> I just roll with it. I look outside. I'm like, oh, I need an umbrella. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's too many things to calculate in a day. So, uh, talk to us when, when I, so I've met you, uh, we, we are part of a, a group DM chat on IG and we met each other through there. There's so many cool t- tattoo artists that I don't, I don't know. And I'm happy that I'm, I'm getting this opportunity to meet you and see you. Um, but you had mentioned that you started out your life, not moving towards tattooing, um, so I'm curious to just let you talk and let you go and, and tell our listeners about your journey to this. Awesome. Um, so I actually did start, I started tattooing when I was 18. Okay. Um, so right out the bat, so my grandfather and all of my cousins all had like a million tattoos. Um, so I knew that I wanted to be a tattoo artist. I was drawing like realism foxes when I was like eight or nine years old. I just remember like my dad putting it on the fridge. Um, so I started tattooing when I was 18 and then when I was 21, I stopped, um, and I got a degree in health studies with a minor in chemistry. Um, and then I have another degree in psychology with a minor in neuroscience. Oh, right on. Very, very cool. Yeah. That's what I all kind of like caught from our discussion. I was like, holy crap, I gotta hear about this. (laughs) (laughs) So so what was the uh, what was the thought there? Did you you know did you just want to add to your profession? Like how did you see that? I mean, none of those degrees are bad to have, by the way. Yeah. Like they're pretty dope to have, and I I too love human psychology and the very fact that you're in a, not only a tattoo studio but a salon, which is also my background too. I'm a licensed master barber. Awesome. Um, yeah. I feel like you got a mini psych degree just being a hairstylist for, yes. you know, about five <laughs> years. <laughs> so, but go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Um, so I, so I have ADHD, so I'm not neurotypical. Guilty. I mean, <laughs> it was vaguely diagnosed, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think probably all tattoo artists have it in one way yeah. or another. <laughs> Um, (laughs) I have a lot of interests and I bounce around a lot. Um, but the industry in Buffalo wasn't great during the time when I started tattooing in the early two thousands, it just, you either had to be tattooing for 30 years or nobody paid any attention to you. Yeah. Um, so I kind of got really frustrated and gave up 
Um, cause along with the ADHD comes like issues with failure and stuff like that. So gave up for a little while and I was going to be a neurosurgeon. Nice. That was yeah. my goal is just be a neurosurgeon. Cause I love brains and the way the human brain works. Yeah. Um, and you know, my psych degree has helped immensely in tattooing cause you know, bar- oh, yes. so many people find such therapy in it. And I think that's really cool. We can talk more about that later, but, um, and then my mom got really sick. Um, and she had breast cancer. Um, and so I was taking care of her a lot and I was working in the corporate world as well as catch or as well as going to school full-time. Um, and a friend of mine was like, Hey, why don't you come back to tattooing and just make your own hours? Right. Um, and my mother ended up passing away. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) thank you. It was, it was hard, but we, she's not in pain anymore. So it was almost better. Totally how I feel about it. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a, you know, kind of a piece, but still, you know, that's a, that's a huge person in your life. So yeah. yeah. Um, and then I got back into tattooing and just like found my groove and it just really took off. And now I am where I am in six years. Yeah. So. Yeah. There is, I don't know if it's the same for everywhere in New York, because it's a pretty, I mean, it's a fairly big state. Most people, when they think about New York, they only think about the city and that's like a drop in the New York bucket. Um, uh, It's a pretty big drop, but it's a, it's a drop and there's so much more there. Were were they the same as most of New York? I mean, I know for a while, um, tattooing wasn't even allowed in New York. Um, That was a while ago, but like, I'm pretty sure that probably aided and abetted the conditions there about tattooing? Yeah. I think when I started tattooing, um, it was in 2008. Mm -hmm. Um, and I I think that that probably had a lot to do with it because there were like a ton of shops opening up. Um, but like it was all the old guys, you know, all the, all the crotchety old men (laughs) who didn't want women in the field. And I think I was one of like three or four female tattoo artists in the area. Oh, wow. Um, now there's, I mean, there's tons. Uh, Buffalo is really, really, really saturated with tattoo shops. Yeah. Oh, right on. I, I've I've met a few people from upstate New York, so I imagine, but it's a, a different different local areas, not Buffalo per se. But I I didn't know. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. So I guess I talk about I guess when you first started. How did that happen? Because eighteen is pretty young. You know, if we were to look at somebody now and they would come in fresh, you know, out of high school, 18, we'd probably be like, I don't know, man. Yeah. So I had a really big portfolio that I'd just been working on for years. Um, In high school, I went to a school called Performing Arts. Okay. Um, And so I went for visual art. So literally they would be like, draw a flash sheet of this. Oh, wow. Very cool. So like you kind of almost got prepped for it, even though you were doing like more fine art stuff. Uh Um, it was like, it was such a good, I think like precursor to an Mm -hmm. apprenticeship. Um, and then my boyfriend who is now my husband, we've been together for 14 years. Um, he got me an apprenticeship with one of his friends. Oh, that's right. Someone he grew up with was tattooing and got me an apprenticeship there. And so I started that way. It didn't last very long, but, um, but it was, it was a start. It was a start. Yeah. I do feel like once you have, um, an art background that really helps, um, ground you. And then especially like multiple 
touch points with different mediums and visual concepts and stuff like that because your brain really starts clicking in those ways then when you get a tattoo machine in your hand of course like it's a whole new world but it's easier to hack yeah I think (laughs) yeah definitely it gives you the fuck you attitude that you need to just keep hammering (laughs) yeah and that's, I mean, that's really what it is. That's really yeah. what it is. You know, in the beginning of your tattoo career, it's like, what are you going to do now? Cause yeah. you put yourself in a situation and you're like, okay, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like I got to make this work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. And I do feel that like, uh, you know, just uh, one of the things that I go through with, I mean, I've only had a, a couple apprentices that I've attempted to teach things with, but a recommendation that I put out there for people is to deal with water mediums just because they do a lot of quirky shit that you're not going to anticipate, not necessarily that they're going to prepare you for a tattoo machine. I don't really think many things can, but the fact is that they're going to make you learn how to handle a situation very quickly um, and make happy accidents out of whatever movement you make because you're probably not going to, yeah, exactly. (laughs) You're not going to, I mean, it was Bob Ross. He he (laughs) he coined it. It was just a great thing to say. <laughs> and I it think is. it's so, it's so funny. Cause I say it all the time. Cause it happens in tattooing. Oh, yeah. Like you put it, you put a color in and you're like, well, that's weird, but I love it. Yeah, absolutely. And in hair too. I, I don't know if um, you, you have a lot of, you know, uh, ability to talk and commune with the, the stylist in your, but it's very similar. Yeah. Um, you know, people, the, I'll I'll do a color and we think it's going to go this way and it goes another way. And, and people are like, you know what? It's not what we were looking for, but I kind of like it. Yeah. (laughs) Like I'm, I'm digging it. And you're like, Oh, okay. Write that down. Um, (laughs) you know, it kind of feels that way. It's a little more methodical, um, once you get going, but, but yeah, there are, there are some happy accidents that happen. That Um, is actually, Oh no, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, that's actually one of the cool parts of being in the salon is because like literally like everyone is so creative. There's seven, um, stylists and then, um, myself and, um, my business partner, Jeff own the tattoo portion of the business. And then Ashley owns the salon portion. Um, but it's so cool because you can be like, Hey guys, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And they have such good input because they work with color theory all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes you'll get some wacky stuff like teal with orange. Yeah. Or yeah. like orange with like a darker, like magenta pink that like my brain wouldn't have thought of. Cause I'm like, oh, well, let's use contrasting colors instead of like these like weird kind of yeah. combinations. Color combos. Um, Yeah. But it's very cool. It's very cool. And like, um, a lot of what they've taught me so far is just about like, say if you have like, like how to neutralize a red in a hair color Mm -hmm. and things like that. And I've learned a lot about cover-ups with that. Oh yeah. Cover-ups. And, and that's the other thing that's very similar is that, um, you can't, unlike this, I mean, I don't know anything that really bleaches the skin. I'm sure there are things, but (laughs) Um, short of bleach, you can't, um, you can't lift a color with color. So they're kind of dealing with the same premises that we're dealing with. If we have a certain pigment in the skin, we can't, we can't nix that. We have to work within it. So we have to see those nuances and really work with that. So you're right. It is very congruous and a lot more than people think. And it's a weird hack. I mean, I kind of took it for granted because I grew up in a salon and color theory just always I don't know. I just clicked. I, I wrote a 
a test once for one of our apprentices there. And my dad was like, this is really good. Did you write this? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, wow. And I was like, I've taken a lot of tests, dad. Like I know you make a multiple choice. He's like, yeah. oh, but you even have a teaser question and like answer and like one that'll trip you up. I'm like, yeah, you know, <laughs> but it was a, a whole color thing. We got a new color line in and I was trying to test our apprentice on it and she failed. Um, I was oh. like, how did you fail? She's like, I've never learned any of this. And I was like, okay, well now I know where we need to start. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, um, uh, it's very congruous. Um, so I guess once you, once you, there was that, that brief apprenticeship, um, that you had with your, your husband's friend, uh, what, what took place after that? You said that didn't last long. Uh, what did you learn within that time? And then what, what happened after? So I learned a lot of bad habits, in that time frame. Um, yeah. I mean, some good stuff too. Like, don't get me wrong, like the basics and like yeah. pulling lines and stuff like that. Um, I didn't learn a ton about putting in color or saturation or anything like that. Um, I was 18 and naive. So I didn't think like, hey, let me find the best artist in Buffalo and try to apprentice with them. I was like, let me just get in with whoever I can. Yeah. Um, but a lot of, you know, talking to clients and like how to, um, the, the guy that I apprenticed with was really good at like swinging his own ideas Mm -hmm. versus like, you know, the typical like Pinterest tattoo, although Pinterest didn't exist at that time, but, um, or is just barely existing at that time. Yeah. But, you know, instead of that, he would be able to like, really like, and I don't even want to say persuade, um, but open people up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 To be able to do that. So That's really it. That. Yeah. It's not, uh, I think a lot of people like to see it as manipulation and it is to some extent, but you know, when, when you're manipulating somebody to their better end, how is yes. that a bad thing? You know, yes. um, another podcaster of mine uh, that I follow, he was like, if I tricked you into losing 50 pounds, would you really be mad at me? (laughs) So that's true. It's really what it is when you go to a professional and you're dogheaded about it and you're not going to like, you know, let them open you up to something you're really missing out to what you could have. So that's amazing thing to learn from someone. That's an incredible thing. Um, My boss, my mentor was the same. So he really did that for me too. And that's been a cool thing too, because I feel like a lot of younger kids that are coming into it now don't have any idea of that. Yes. Yeah. Um, Agreed. Unless you get the really strong-headed ones. Mm -hmm. But more of the people I see are like a little bit meeker, which is wonderful. And they're amazing people. Um, But, you know, it takes a lot longer to learn that. Oh, absolutely. And I think it also depends on how strong they are in their personal style getting out of the gate, because if they have a very strong artistic style right out the gate, that's what they know how to sell. And that's what they can sell. It's what they got. So it's either you want that or like bus, dude. And if it's really good, then why would, you know, (laughs) why would you, you know, shake a stick at that? That's great. Um, So yeah, no, totally. I, I wholeheartedly agree. I do think that a lot of the, um, it's a good, it's a good time for us because, um, to have, to have this knowledge and to have that in between phase. Cause I do think you and I entered the tattoo industry because it was roughly the same time for me. Um, I skipped 2008. I, I, I went from 2006 hiatus 
to, I had a break too, um, not for the same reasons, um, but I had a, a break as well. And um, it was from 2005 to like 2010. So there was a, there was a hiatus, but oh, it was roughly the same time. It was like the renaissance of tattooing that happened where all these art kids kind of came in and there was so much technology that was birthing around us. And we had, you know, people and icons like that were, that were trudging forward with really cool stuff. Um, Joshua Carlton has, has been mentioned a couple of times on our feed. He's amazing. If people don't know him, I know. Yeah. I love him. So freaking painterly, like right out the gate when I would see him in tattoo society magazine, I was like, who is this guy? Like he, he paints with the tattoo machine. It's incredible. Um, and he, and he pulls in all of those influences with his tattoos. They're really cool. Yeah. Um, so follow him people. Um, yeah, <laughs> seriously. I'm sure he doesn't need more following. Like, yeah. You should know him. <laughs> it was really funny when I started tattooing like 2008, maybe 2009. Um, that was when like, he was really coming up and like Guy Atchison and yep. Carson Hill and all those guys were like really on the rise. And uh, I remembered, like, I just like shot my shot and I added Joshua Carlton on Facebook and he added me back. And I was like, it was like the biggest thing ever. Cause it was just like, it's just something dumb. You know what I mean? I was like, whatever, I'm just going to add him. And I did. And he added me back and I like died a little inside. (laughs) I would have too. That's amazing. That's He's a really sweet person too. Like now if if you do, if you are a tattoo artist and you join any of the Facebook groups, he's on them. And if you know, you'll get an opportunity to talk to him. I've I've chatted him up a couple of times there. He's yeah. really sweet and very great ideas too. Yeah. Uh, about, you know, he's got great hacks about everything, of course. Um, but yeah, that's, that's amazing. Um, I, uh, what was I going to say? I was just, <laughs> I was just going to say like you, so you learned the psychology of working with clients, which is great. Um, from there, uh, I guess go and tell me, tell me your story. Like I, yeah. I always tell people you can withhold names, everything. This is about you yeah. and your tale. So it's mostly about what you gathered and what you had to go through. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my second apprenticeship, which my cousin actually like recommended me for, um, was with oh, yeah. the relatively bigger artist in the area. Um, and it didn't go very well. Mm. Um, I think I was there for like three or four months. Um, and he literally was like, okay, we'll go sit in the basement and draw. Hmm. Like I wasn't allowed to like watch him tattoo. I wasn't allowed to clean anything up. He had four apprentices at the time. Yeah. So it was a lot of like, you know, I didn't really do anything. I got to draw a lot, which was great. Mm -hmm. Um, I was doing a lot of, I think I really came into my own like artistically during that time though. Um, cause I was doing a lot of illustrative stuff, which is a lot of what I do now. Mm -hmm. Um, like that folklore kind of fairy tale, sort of like ethereal kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so I learned a lot about doing that and about like learning different drawing skills. And I really learned how to trace there. Um, like not in a negative way, but like when you're doing, um, like before iPads and stuff, you know, when you're doing like really crazy, like sacred geometry and stuff, taking those references and actually like learning how to like trace them into your design mm-hmm. without, you know, using a protractor or a compass and like all yeah. of that stuff, yeah. um, 
which now, you know, the iPads make that so much easier. You just draw a circle and hold, and then it's a circle. Yeah. Which is exactly. insane to me. <laughs> and like all the kids coming up now will never understand. Even, you know, when we try to get them to draw traditionally, they'll never understand the stuff that we went through back then. I know. And I never thought it would happen so quickly in my lifetime. Like I thought that I would be a lot grayer before yeah. I would be like, uh, you have no idea what I had to go through. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Or like hand drawing stencils. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like during my first apprenticeship, like I would hand draw his stencils and he'd be like, here you go. Just at, like, least okay. that, at least that was something you got to at least do that. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I know people to this day that will not give up that as part of their, their process. They're just like, nope, makes much better stencil. I cannot. So more power to them. I know. <laughs> I I know, but that's how they, that's how they roll with it. And and I would have to ma- imagine there has to be such an Im- immense amount of trust and um, yielding of their clients too, because you have to pre like gauge the size and really yeah. like, you know, before yeah. you get started, because there's no like doing that over as soon as they show up and be like, well, I'd like it like 10% smaller, please. And we're like, no, dude, uh, uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> <I haven't. laughs> that's what I have. <laughs> I have a couple friends um, who still do that. And they're just, you know, very traditional, still use coil machines, like mm-hmm. the whole thing. Um, and the one day I was getting tattooed over there and he was like, Hey, do you want to watch me do this stencil? And I was like, hell yeah. Um, and he literally like took butcher paper and just like traced the whole guy's back. And then like, he had the drawing done a little bit smaller, blew it up on the printer and was just like using that as his reference to literally like basically freehand. Like that's what it was. You were freehanding it on on an image of this guy's back. Yeah. Um, and he's, you know, he's an incredibly talented artist, but it's just, there's so much like, like you can't do three or four tattoos in a day when you're doing that. No, no. No, absolutely not. It has to be the passion of the craft with that, which, yeah. you know, a lot of people, just so you know, you honestly, you can make a lot more money if you can do smaller tattoos than if you do yeah. one big one for the day. Like it's a lot more advantageous to have that rhythm. Um, but it's also, that's one of the things that I was happy to kind of say goodbye to in the hair world was that that you had to be on all day and lovely yeah. for multiple people. And no matter what, no matter what happened, we were there late, you know, they brought their kid, you know, like everything. It's yep. like there's snot everywhere. You know? <laughs> I see that every day with the stylist. <laughs> every like, day. Oh <laughs> like, and, you know, we love your kids. It's just that it's, like it's yeah. hard. <laughs> it's really hard to navigate. <laughs> It's, it's stressful like, too. Yes. Well, you know, it's like, we want you to take a break from those things. That's really what it is. It's like, yeah. because we know you need it. And that's yes. <laughs> like, and now we all have to endure this together. Yep. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> so, but yeah, that, that, uh, that was something that, uh, that very much so it was apparent to me in the beginning, but my love of doing just big spread body work and seeing that on people overshot my, my need to make money, unfortunately for yeah. myself. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I love, I love all of that. Do you remember, this is a question my boyfriend also, you know, this is Rico standing in right now. He, he always likes to know about the equipment. Um, do you remember your first machine and what you learned on? 
So I built my own coil. Nice. That was like the rule of the apprenticeship. Like I had to yeah. build my own coil. Right. Um, so I built it from the ground up. It was just trash. Just absolute, <laughs> absolute trash. <laughs> Most of them were in this time. So. Yeah. But you know what? The coils were wrapped in leopard print, which during 2008, that was like a big thing. It was golden leopard print. <laughs> oh, I like it. So you're able to yeah. customize and trick it out. It's just like, this might feel awful, but it looks great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's beautiful. <laughs> and, um, you know, when you can learn how to hack that, that's a big thing too. I think that even now, I think our apprentices should learn how to do that. Mm-hmm. Even if they're not going to use the machine, like buy a bunch of garbage parts off of eBay and just learn how to build it because that's part of the craft. That's part of the the art of it. Mm-hmm. You know, just like drawing those hand stencils are like, that's take, that's like keeping the tradition alive, just like the Taburi artists in Japan mm-hmm. do, yeah. you know, that's just a part of it. We have to have those people in order to, you know, continue on. And there, you know, there are like ancestors of tattooing. Yeah. Well, not only that, but like it's, it's, um, you know, now in this age of excess, I feel like, uh, it's, it's something that you can sell, you know, like in the barbering world, you know, to do a, a a straight razor shave is like that old time kind of romanticism. We got razors. Now you can buy at Walmart that have five blades in them. It's not like you can't get a better shave at home. It's just the experience of doing something that takes part of like a very historical thing. So in a lot of respects, that adds a value to what you're able to give your clients. If you can give something that's that rich and that meaningful and that service, I don't know, uh, vested, it's, it's kind of a romantic thing to, to keep alive. And I think people really in this day and age, they hunger for those kind of things. There's a nostalgia kind of fixation that people are really calling for, because I think we're not alone about that feeling that everything's moving a little too quickly. Yeah, absolutely. So so that's the other additive. So you can really sell that stuff if you learn it and don't think that you can't. It's not useless. I used to think it was. Um, I was very pigheaded in my beginning. So I was too. I was too. (laughs) Oh, good. I'm glad I wasn't alone. Yeah, no, not at all. (laughs) Right on. Um, You know, it's, it, it's, you're hungry, right? Like it, it wasn't necessarily that I was just like, I know everything. It was just like, come on, man. Like why, why does yeah. this have to take this fucking long? Like, I'm pretty sure that if you just showed me that we could all just get together and do some fun shit together, I don't understand why you're withholding so much and why there's so much of this, like earn it thing that you're making yeah. me do. <laughs> but That's how I was too. That's yeah. how I was too. But now like, I get it. I get mm-hmm. it, but I also don't get it at the same time because I feel yeah. like there is so much gatekeeping in tattoo- tattooing. Mm-hmm. And we do have the ability to move these apprentices faster now. Yes. yes. Instead of making them scrub the floor on their hands and knees with a toothbrush. Yes. Exactly. We can help them to be better people. Yes. Was that something that, like, I, there? that is one of my questions. Was there any hazing that you had to go through? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, uh, both of the apprenticeships that I did were with men. Okay. Um, and though I have much love for them, if they ever listen to this, yeah. um, they were very old school. Mm-hmm. So I was, A, I was a woman. Mm-hmm. I was 18 years old. I, you know, they, they didn't want me in the industry. Right. And they were like, well, let's try to push her out. Yeah. Um, 
so I think, you know, during my center, second apprenticeship, like kind of putting me in the basement. And then at the end of the week, he would line everybody's drawings up and tell you who was the best. Hmm. All right. And <laughs> yeah, so that was a whole thing. So um, I picked you, I pitched you against each other a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, he had uh, an apprentice who was like there for like a year or two. And like that apprentice was only allowed to like clean tubes. Were you guys allowed to intermingle at all or talk to each other? A little bit, a little bit, but it was like dependent on like who was around you. Mm. Wow. That's, that's intense. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And the one day I like tried to sit up in the waiting room, like off to the side, like behind the counter. And he was like, no, you can't sit up here. We already have somebody up here. Wow. And I was like, well, how am I going to see anything? But, you know, I was 18, so I didn't say anything. Right. Yeah. You know, I I didn't, I wasn't like, uh, like now I think if somebody tried to do that to me, I'd be like, wow, okay. F you. And then I'd leave, you know what I mean? (laughs) Exactly. So that's the thing is that like, Some exciting news, diary listeners. We actually got a wonderful promotional code from Reinventing the Tattoo recently, and we're happy to share this with you. It's 10% off on a subscription to Reinventing the Tattoo. And if you don't know about this wonderful, wonderful service, it's continuing education for working professionals, very geared around tattooers. But I would venture to say that if you are looking to improve your art skills and have regular momentum to your creation, creativity and to your own professional education, I can't recommend it enough. One of the prime people that you will be critiqued by and helped with and draw with and all of that good stuff is Guy Atchison. And if you don't know about him, you probably should. He is a very, very pivotal person in our industry. I joined them for for one exercise. I I did a color study. I mean, Rico sat there and and watched me the other night do Mm -hmm. a, a color study exercise with Guy and company, and it was amazing. I was flexing all kinds of muscles. It's just all around if you want to improve your art skills. I can't see a better way than hanging out with a lot of professional artists and seeing the kind of work that they do and the kind of exercises they work on all the time. It's www.reinventingthetattoo.com backslash The Apprenticeship Diaries. So again, that's www.reinventingthetattoo.com backslash The Apprenticeship Diaries. And that's going to save you 10% on your subscription. Go check it out, folks. It was somebody the other day that was talking about hustle. She's another, she's a psychologist or a life coach on Instagram that I follow. Cause I, I eat up that shit. Like, yeah, me too. Candy. <laughs> so obsessed. <laughs> I know I see the book of, you know, the, the wall of books behind you. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Super refreshing. I'm um, a big nerd. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. We we've communed a lot via DM. We're just like me too. Yeah. So me. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. She was saying something about like, what is it? Is it hustle? until you break your back or is it, you know, obey your body and relax. And I was like, it's neither it's in, it's in between. Like, that's what I realized is that look, when you need to hustle, you hustle, you know, when, when you're hungry, you got to eat, you know, like when it, it really just is it now we're holding something. Now we have, we have something that we can give to other people. We didn't have that before we, we needed, we needed this from other people. So we were in, a place where we had to 
we had to kind of suck it up to get where we wanted to go. And we yeah. obeyed whatever opportunities were ahead of us. You know, that that's, that's simply it. And I don't know. I mean, my whole thing was always like, I, I agree with you. And so much as that, uh, that if somebody told me that today, I probably, I don't even know if it would have happened. It probably would have happened then if it wasn't relevant to tattooing and I couldn't have a dialogue about its relevancy, then that was it for me. Like if, if I couldn't have a dialogue with you and you would just shut me down within anything and I had no ability to say or be a human (laughs) around you. I, that would have been enough for me, even even as an apprentice. I, yeah. I was big headed enough to just be like, no, dog, like that's not happening. But yeah. but if you could if you could within explaining to me about that, why you were doing that, then I would be like, OK, I'll yeah. suck it up. That's fine. <laughs> but I don't think he had a good reason. I think he was just just kind of treating you all like shit because he could. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly what it was. And like, he just didn't want to see us. He just wanted to see our art and that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, he, he's had quite a few apprentices since then. Um, mm-hmm. and I only know a few of them that are still actually tattooing, oh, um, wow. that have like completed the process. So, um, I think that says a lot. Um, yeah. not that I didn't learn things, not that I didn't learn things and not that I don't think that, you know, he's a, he's a good human and everything, but, um, I don't like to talk bad about people, but you know, it was just, it was very, um, like, this is what you're doing. I have no reasoning for it. And you couldn't say anything like you couldn't be like, Oh, well, you know, I want to sit up here just the same. Like it, we didn't have lunch breaks. We didn't have food breaks. You were expected to be there when the shop opened and you were expected to be the last one to leave. Wow. Um, no, you know, you couldn't work a job because you had to be there at 11 a.m., yeah. And you left at 10 PM. So yeah, there's no job that works around that unless you no. want to do a night shift yeah, and not sleep. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you were supposed to be drawing during that time. Mm, my God. That's so crazy. like, I was expected to like come in with drawings, oh, even wow. though I had just left. Like, when was I supposed to like eat and sleep or like do any of those things? Yeah. You know, crazy. so wow. Yeah. So, and then, uh, he fired me from that because I had to get my wisdom teeth removed. Oh, okay. I, that was what I was going to ask you next was like, what was the exit? What did that look like? At least you were fired. Yeah. And I made that real easy. <laughs> yeah. <I'm> like, okay. <laughs> um, I see all these rants about people, not rants, these questions about people like, I hate my place. How do I leave? Like, and I'm like, yeah. I've never had to do that. Like, honestly. So I don't know. It's Gracefully. so hard. <laughs> yeah. It's so hard in our industry because you feel like you have this loyalty. Mm-hmm. right? Like we're taught to like, you're loyal to your mentors. You're loyal to the people that taught you. And that's it. Yeah. There's no after that, like it's that or bust. Yeah. Um, it's really like cultish type brainwashing, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. I like it. <laughs> it is. It's the sphere because they take everything from you. And like you said, there's no eating, there's barely sleeping. I can't make money on the side. So they've taken my income. I mean, if you think about it, it it is completely like cult yeah. mentality. And then you're like, well, I can't leave. What's outside? <laughs> you know, like, what will happen? And what will they do? It's it's terrible. But you're right. It is. It's a lot like that. 
it's, yeah, it's crazy. And I think now it's changing. Like yeah. now, now it's definitely changing a little bit. Cause you have people like us that are taking apprentices mm-hmm. that yeah. are like, well, this is all of the terrible stuff that happened to me. So let's make this a little bit easier on you. Yeah. Um, you know, especially with having a psych background, mm-hmm. like, I think I understand like the need for mental health time. Yeah. Yeah. Like my Absolutely. current apprentice, I ask her to be there for three to four days a week. Oh, nice. That's a good amount. Yeah. That's yeah. a really good amount. And then, you know, she's there all day. She's there from like 12 to eight usually, unless, you know, if I get done early or whatever. Um, and she gets a day to herself. Like I was like, you know what? You're going to take Tuesdays off, even though I'm here, my slower day, take Tuesdays off, relax, mm-hmm. do what you need to do, get your appointments done, relax. Yeah. Yeah. You know? No, that's good. That's really, really good. Not to mention, you know, the, the irrational part about it uh, is that you, what you learned right away from your first mentor was this, this psychology with people. And if you break people down to the point where they don't know how to move or, or act without you know, their mentor say, how are they going to stand up in the face of their client and, right. and say, you know, I really think that you should do this? Why would they even feel like they have that ability when you've just pummeled their ego into the dust and it's just, yeah. there's nothing there. You know, like, I feel like, I feel like our apprenticeships were so traumatic for so many people that I talked to. Mm-hmm. And like, I know people that have had to go to therapy to help oh. them work through that trauma of like being basically told you're worthless on a daily basis. Mm, my God, dude. Yeah, I've heard some really righteous things and I've actually uh, gathered and I've gathered both uh, the pain of other people's experience um, because pain that isn't transformed is transmitted. So, you know, they come off these horrible apprenticeships where there's been such awful, awful treatment and then they can't help but want to do it to someone else because mm-hmm. that's the the power cycle of things. Yeah, And then they like, you look at them and I remember looking at a lot of them being like, if this is how you were treated and it was awful, why would you ever want to do that to another person? Have you ever thought about that? And I've gotten, I've gathered apologies afterwards now. Like a lot of them. Yeah. A few of them have come back and been like, dude, I was a really big dick to you. I hope you can (laughs) can forgive me. And I was like, Yay, I I can actually. Yeah. There's a lot of forgiveness in my heart, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. You know, it's you cool. and I are very similar. Yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, I, I gathered that from just our back and forth. It was really cool. You were like, I'll do an interview. I'm like, fuck yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is great. Well, and I do. I think that this is a, a great time for this kind of information because um I do see a lot of people going out into the world, not just with tattooing, but I do think that our profession is a good hub for people to kind of see the grassroots of the profession and take away the nuances from it. Not only that, but we are apprenticeship um, for the most part only. There are, there are some schools that are coming up, but for the most part, we're apprenticeship. And I feel like this discussion really helps get people thinking about what they want to do, how they want to do it, what they're willing to take, what they're not willing to take, um, and make some good choices, uh, just right out the gate about what they're, what they're going to be. And I think there's going to be a lot more entrepreneurship moving ahead in the future. At least that's my hope. So, um, 
I'm, I'm excited about it. And I hope that this can be a really good, you know, thing for people to hear and give them a lot of, I don't know, hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. I a hundred percent agree with that. And it's so good. I think because it does take a little bit of the gatekeeping away mm-hmm. because yes. like you have all these people that are like sharing their stories and that's going to, you know, when people hear it, they're going to see the difference or they're going to look for the difference. If they're searching for an apprenticeship, yes. they're going to look for somebody who is like not trying to, um, you know, sit and scrub tubes all day. Not that most of us don't use disposables now, but, right. um, you know, or whatever the, the modern version of that would be. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Even if it was like, uh, uh, you know, I, I do, uh, at least I did, um, kind of like a curriculum based thing where I kind of showed people like a points of like what we would learn and what would be next. And I do feel like that's a great overview too, so that people can kind of like, you know, you go into higher education, you, you they give you a syllabus of what's yeah. going to happen and what you should expect of your teacher and the, and the course plan. So I do try to like do that. So if I'm in a phase, you know, if they're in a phase where they're scrubbing t- tubes, they knew it, they knew yeah. that was going to happen. <laughs> Yeah. Like I told you before you even did all of this. You got to learn it. <laughs> yeah. Gotta exactly. Learn it. And it's and and that kind of stuff is really it's just important to see cuz that that particular piece of things is all about sanitation and yes. um you know, uh making sure and an investment in your tools and the romance of all of that and that's an incredible thing. And again, going back to that old time kind of thing of where people really did all of this in order to tattoo. They yeah. really did all of it. And then there wasn't, you know, there was magazines that they could order from. And that was the birthing of like our, our supply industry. But a lot of people mixed inks and yep. like, it was a whole bunch I remember, of stuff. I yeah. remember ordering stuff out of magazines. Yeah. That was, that was <laughs> wild though. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, it's crazy. Like, uh, and I remember that too, uh, like 2005, I remember like, what was it? Was it ICAM? What was the, the, I forget what the hell the, the company was, but um, yeah, there was these thick magazines you had to flip yeah. through and order from. It was, an, it was interesting, but now, you, you know. write everything down like, with the part numbers and call them on the phone. Yeah. I can't remember. I can't tell you how many times I called Icon and I was like, Hey, I need this, this, and this. And they're like, well, I don't know. What's the part number? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I'll find it. Hang on. Well, it was like that too with, um, do you remember ordering clothes? Clothes had those catalogs too. We had (laughs) like, no. (laughs) The things these kids will never know. (laughs) Libraries for Christ's sake. (laughs) Or like finding finding references without like the internet. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, like yeah. I want, I want a daffodil of this very specific species. And you're like, cool, I'll go buy a book. It's like, like can you bring in your book? Yeah. Do you <laughs> have a picture of one? Right. Like you how do you know about me? this? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's in your garden. Well, go out to your garden, <laughs> take a picture for me and go get it developed at Walmart. And then we yeah. we're in business. <laughs> <laughs> to bring it in. Yeah, man. Like, I mean, the only thing that I can remotely say is still like that for me is anything dealing with any kind of um, foreign language and script of that kind. I'm just yes. like, bro, you need an expert. You should yep. not be coming to me for this. Yeah. I have no idea what this says. I have no idea if this looks good. I don't know. And you are wanting something that is very specific. <laughs> 
I um, have, I've had a lot of people do that. And I'm like, this is right. Right. And he's like, yeah, I speak it. Like it's a second language. I speak that. And I'm like, it's, you're sure it's right. Okay. <laughs> Positive. <laughs> the dot goes here. Like, okay. <laughs> I'll just do what's here. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, that's, that's a little, that's intense. And it's the same with any kind of like a, a image that is very specific and like just a circle, you know, anything that's like, okay. Can't fuck it up this whole way. Yep. <laughs> you just yeah, like was, hold your breath. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't do a lot of them. That's that's one thing that I'm just like, guys, I, there's better people. I swear <laughs> to God. <laughs> Can we put like an ink spatter in there or something yeah, right? to break this shit up? <laughs> yeah, I fell, I fell down the geometric hole and I'm still falling and I just keep getting myself deeper and deeper and it just keeps getting bigger. Well, and I have to, because I, I want to do, I want to do it better. Like I want to, I want to make that a facet. And I am like you, I'm very, very, very um, enamored by these artists to integrate those things into their, their stuff. So that's a definitely check out Krista's work. It's phenomenal. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, it's like mine. I think when you start from that phase too, you're not, you're not told to adhere to a style either. Right. Um, it's just draw and let's see yeah. what you do. And then they'll put a machine in your hand and then you do whatever fucking comes through the door and you got to make it work for you and hack the idea and make it not cheesy or crap. Um, that's pretty much what it was in the beginning. Yeah. 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 One of the things, so I have a current apprentice um, yeah. and she's wonderful and amazing and I love her. Yeah. Um, she's just a great human. Um, but one of the things we talked about, like, um, we talked a lot via Facebook messenger, like before she even started. And I was like, so what is, what do you want to do? Like, what's your style? What are you after? You know, when I was apprenticing, it was learn everything. Yeah. Learn traditional, learn simple minimalist stuff, learn, you know, neo-traditional was starting then and new school, which new school was something that like, I never, my brain just could not comprehend like distorting proportions like that. Um, but you know, you were, you had to learn everything. I remember Mm -hmm. like one of my assignments was like to draw a new squirrel, new school squirrel. And I was like, what? Like, like, uh, like, and now if I had my apprentice do that, she could look up a picture or a tattoo of a new school squirrel and be like, Oh, that's what it looks like. Yeah. Instead, I just had to take the fundamentals of it and figure it out. Yeah. Which is cool. Like, don't get me wrong. Like that did teach me a lot, but it didn't teach me a lot to be the best in the style that I want to do. Absolutely. So we had a big discussion and she was like, you know, I don't really know what I want to do, but I'm leaning more towards kind of like your style, like that illustrative style, but like with more of a neo-traditional twist on it. Yeah. 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 So that's Which what we work awesome. on. That's awesome. The, and, and if you really examine that on the, on the reverse end, the new school guys, they, I mean, they can technically do anything because new school is so rich in technicality, yeah. but that comes from a very pure place with inside of them. Like most of them, I mean, like Jesse Smith, a lot of his creatures, they kind of are like alter ego kind of like creatures of his. And that I know that there's this whole like comic book scenario going on in his head constantly. Like he never, he never like grew up in some ways, which is really cool. He's a dope guy. I love Jesse, but yeah, like his, his, you know, like they, I'm like, do you know that all of your stuff looks like you? And he's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I 
doesn't matter. Forget yeah, like, that. Yeah, it does. And everyone that I've talked to, they're like, yeah, I'm just basically a five-year-old perpetually. That's what I am. Like, like I just, I make up these creatures all the time and I have to see them live. And, and it's like, that's, that's their internal monologue and stuff. And you either have that or you don't have that. Yeah. And I don't have it. I, I, I'm like you, I just want to, I th- I do think it's a specific kind of brain where um, even within art that has kind of like an engineering hacking kind of thing, like a puzzle thing where you really just want to dissect an image and learn it. And that's really what we're after is like, it's enough for me to comment on what's right in front of me yeah. and, and kind of know it in a different way by painting it. So that's where I've always been attached to art and attracted, which is good because the majority of people really like realism. Yeah. Like things that look like the thing in front of them. Yeah. <sighs> my boyfriend's leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great hunting day. Well, no, I'm not going home. Oh, go tracking. he's going to go tracking. He he thought he took down a doe. No, I didn't think I know I did. He knows he did, <laughs> but he thinks that, well, we're not going to talk about it because it's, it's going to jinx it, but he's going to go out. He's going to look for, and uh, all the good things. Yeah. More meat for the fridge. All right, babe. Yeah. Well, have a great day. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for that, everyone. <laughs> we always like to say goodbye to each other. <laughs> also, your cat is adorable. Isn't he? Hey, man. This is Icus. He's got food all over his face. He's been eating. <laughs> they just got new kitties. <laughs> Yeah, we just adopted two new ones yesterday, Beans and Billy Jean. Oh, I love it. I love it. Now, were you guys able to give them those names or they come with those? They came with those names and they're very fitting. Those Uh, are dope names. (laughs) Beans has an absolute like rapid abandonment for chaos. I love it. I love it. And then... Billie Jean is just a princess. She makes the prize winning pie for the state fair. And, you know, she doesn't like to play because it might mess up her manicure. I like it. I like it a lot. (laughs) So they're, they're perfect polar opposites. I love it. (laughs) I love it. And, you know, don't touch the beans or you get the means. So I got it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Love it. That's so great. He does love his belly rub though, which I was pleasantly surprised about. That's awesome. That's a rare feature of cats. Yeah. That's awesome. Right on, man. I celebrate all that. They're really cool animals. I don't know if I, I mean, I wish I could live in a, in a, a space and time where a dog is possible, but uh, I'm not, I'm not here enough. Yeah. <laughs> I have to have self-sufficient animals. They're, you know, <laughs> my love is, I can only delve it out so much. Right. <laughs> and I do you leave the food up. Yeah, I find with cats, they become more affectionate the more you're like, get away, you're bothering me. And they're like, but no, no, I love you, please. Yeah. <laughs> or if you have somebody over who's allergic. Oh my God, I know. They can, they like sense it and they're like, I'm going to go over and fuck with them. <laughs> yeah, they're like Velcro. They're like, I'm going to sit right here. Mm-hmm. In your face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I always have to have a precursor for anybody who wants to stay with me. I'm like, are you allergic to cats? Because they're kind of all over this place. I try, (laughs) but yeah, they're all over here. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Well, so when, okay, so you got your second apprenticeship, you were fired. What went, what happened after? I mean, that's a horrible thing. You know, at least you were able to recuperate for your wisdom teeth. That was horrible for me. Yes. So I'm glad. (laughs) Yeah, that was so like the whole thing happened really fast. And it was just like, I 
like got really sick because all of my wisdom teeth were impacted. And, and I was like out for a wow. week and he was like, yeah, don't come back. Wow. I was like, okay, cool. Thanks. Yeah. Awesome. That's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, so I actually, I'm so sorry. I got these completely messed up. So my second apprenticeship was actually my first apprenticeship. Okay. Um, I apologize. So I had a lot of trauma when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, so my brain's trauma response is just to forget things. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm learning the more, the more I learn about that, the more I'm like, wait, how did events go in my life? Yeah. Um, but I do think there's a lot of moving forward that happens when that's it. It's like, no, 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 let's, let's just keep trucking ahead. Yeah. Like yeah. it's irrelevant. Let's just, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I have it too. I don't know what happened to me, uh, but I, I guess I was traumatized by a lot just by being sensitive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I get that. I get that. Yeah. But oh, yeah, that's... Uh, no, it's fine. You don't have to, I mean, you know what, it, it, it's what happened. You know, the, You've just, you've just cleared the record. It's flipped. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, the opposite events. Um, no problem. <laughs> so I was fired from my first one and then started my second one. Cool. Um, and during my second one was when I kind of learned how to tattoo. Gotcha. Um, and I started tattooing at my second apprenticeship. Um, and I was like licensed and they got me my own booth and I was doing my own thing. Um, and then I had a client, I was doing, you know, pretty well. I'm not, not great. It wasn't great because my apprenticeships were so not the way they should have been. Um, so I was kind of thrown to the wolves. It was like, okay, well, like I never practiced on fake skin. I never practiced on pumpkins or oranges or bananas or any of the stuff that you see people practicing on now. Wow. Literally just people. Wow. That's intense, dude. Um, I don't know if you can see it, but these stars. Yeah. Were my first tattoo on anyone ever. They ain't bad, girl. They're not terrible. They go all the way up here. They're slightly yeah, covered now, but I see that. I like. I like how they approach the cover up. Well, not the cover up, but like the addition. It's really nice. Yeah. Just, why not use them? Yeah. I like that. They're they're not bad, man. Do they were terrible. Own, they oh. were terrible. Yeah. <laughs> damn. Damn. Um, That's pretty good. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I was just like thrown to the wolves, and I was tattooing just walk-ins. With your own coil machine that you made? Yes. Holy shit. All right, cool. Yeah. That's right and on. Then, I love it. <laughs> and then um, I had someone come in from out of town. Okay. And she got some like Sanskrit tattooed. I just remember her very clearly on her inner, like very, very bottom of her wrist, right near her hand, which anybody who's tattooed before knows that that spot wears away. Mm-hmm. And yep. she, you know, I probably didn't go deep enough because... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was new and I didn't know what I was doing. Right. And she came in for a $50 walk-in and which is crazy to think that the minimum then was 50 and right. now, you know, minimums range, but yeah. um, she went swimming the night of her tattoo in the hotel pool. <gasps> oh, and no. I had a picture cause I had a digital camera Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Back um, in that time. Yeah. I, I had a one. digital camera <laughs> and I took, uh, you know, I took a picture of the tattoo and I had a picture and like, I looked at the picture so many times and I was like, this looks great. Like it is in there. Like I can see it. It's in there. Right. Literally the entire tattoo fell out of her skin. Yeah. It was yeah. just like scratch marks. And she came in and like, you know, motherfucked me up and down and like all this stuff. And then the owner came up and was like, you're fired. Oh my God. Yeah. 
Well, that's the reason why she's embedded in your memory. Yeah. <laughs> she was the catalyst to your firing. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, again, that makes it easier. Just like, okay, well, I guess I get my shit and go. Yep. <laughs> yep. I, I, guys, I have no tips for classy exits. I have no idea. The only thing I can say is like, uh, you know, um, Take your machines with you. Yeah. <laughs> like, pack, pack your shit. <laughs> I have no idea for what that looks like. I think just prepare, be prepared for anything. But I think a, a good firing is probably a grace. <laughs> yeah. And I feel it. like, I don't know. I've never been followed, fi- fired from like, a, a, I don't want to say regular business because that's not the right word, but like from a corporate job. Yeah. Um, I've never been fired from a corporate job. No. Me so I neither. feel like for this stuff, it was like, more just like hard-headed old school mentality more or less yeah yeah Yeah. um and there was such a go ahead oh I was gonna say sorry (laughs) um there's such a big or there was I guess there's I mean there still is a lot of it but like the competition aspect of it Mm -hmm. so like if they thought that I was even remotely going to steal their clients why would they want me there you know not that I was going to steal their clients as an apprentice but right um you know, that, that, that plays into it too, I think. Yeah. I think it also is too, like, um, whether, whether they would like to admit it or not, I think there's a lot of, um, emotionality that gets into it that the corporate world doesn't kind of really play with. Like, you know, like they, they segment the, the, the tier systems enough within corporate environments where people don't have the ability to really get too emotionally pricked by any kind of one thing. I mean, of course there's, there's inner office kind of relationships that happen, but for the most part, everybody knows their job and that's the status quo of what they have to actually fulfill. And as long as they're fulfilling those jobs, then it's like, well, whatever. I mean, Joe in accounting is an asshole, but he does a really good job. So like, you know, like they, they keep you on because you, you sustain the job. Whereas, you know, if you're working in a tattoo shop where it's so intimate, and you're learning from one person and it is one-on-one. I do think there's a lot more emotionality that gets into it. And when, you know, when you stand up for yourself in the face of somebody who thinks that you should have whatever respect or attitude that you should have, um, or whatever, they just, it's, it's like, I think they almost are so wounded that they just are like, no, man, I can't handle this. And just cut it. Yeah. Um, whether they admit it or not in that particular instance, I don't really know, but that sucks. <laughs> that yeah. sucks. That was a really sucky thing. Yeah. Um, especially if you understood what like she had done the night before, because, you know, going and, and being in chlorine or even salt water all, all night long is going to take your tattoo out. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just will. <laughs> and especially like, not just like, home chlorine but at a hotel yes where they just like it they dump the stuff in there yeah this is this is something that hasn't gone out yet um that's an admission i have um i have witnessed a, a tattoo mentor of mine um have a client say that a tattoo was off center after doing it and then they opened it up and poured bleach on it. Oh my God. So that they could move it. It was like an eighth of an inch over. And I oh. was like, how is this worth that? Yeah. <laughs> I have witnessed no? that. No. Yeah, I have witnessed that. <laughs> I, 
could not even imagine. I was like, the fuck? This is not, this is, where am I? There were so many, there were so many red flags in that <sighs> <ship>. Yeah. <laughs> but. That concludes part one of our time with Krista Reed. Please be sure to come back next week for part two. Thanks for listening. You can find The Apprenticeship Diaries on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our IG is the underscore apprenticeship underscore diaries. If you would like to offer constructive criticism or an interview, drop us an email at theapprenticeshipdiaries at gmail.com. We We look look forward forward to hearing from from our listeners. listeners.